Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1234 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. We will tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. When the province is back up and at them, Roos Chris will be back up and at them. Remember, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. We will uh, take care of a little bit of business here for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Today's top story, no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. The uh, Edmonton Oilers place Kyle Turris on waivers. Now, here's the thing. He's got another year left. He's a $1.65 million cap hit. And uh, it will be interesting to see, uh, will he get claimed? Because he's got another year left, I would say I would be surprised. It's, uh, that's, I think we all, I mean, well, I'll ask you. You can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Do you envision tourists getting claimed with one year left at 1.65 million? I personally don't see it happening, but what I do see happening is the orders having some more flexibility where they can have some more wiggle room with who they can move in and off the taxi squad. So theoretically, uh, let's say Nugent Hopkins is good to go tomorrow. Maybe the orders can look at adding a guy like Tyler Innes in. If Nugent Hopkins can't go, I think that Kyle Turris stays in the lineup for the Edmonton Oilers. I don't think there's any question about that. And that they're only, they've only got 13 active forwards right now. If they move Turris to the uh, taxi squad and they acquire somebody else, they could theoretically even farm him because I believe it's $1,075,000 would not count against the cap if you end up in the minors. So give us uh, your thoughts at, uh, on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 7804960063. At this time, we head off to our headliner today. Elliot Friedman for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Elliot, how you doing? I'm good. Sorry I was a bit delayed there. I was getting off a phone call, Bob. Uh, breaking news, anything you can tell us about? No, nothing, not, nothing that major. Nothing that nothing. major. Nothing that major. Besides, the the listeners got like another ninety minute, ninety seconds of use, so they they're the real winners. Uh, nobody would say that on a regular, not even in my own, <laughs> not even in my own household. Uh, I can I can tell you, I I, I went out to my uh, buddy's bar last night, final night, because uh, we're now back into uh, phase one, uh, pub nineteen oh five downtown, and there is a there's a, a gentleman uh, that occasionally frequents that establishment that we we know pretty well, and he was at, at a different table, but but I've had a couple conversations with him, and he's uh, he's in he's he used to work for City TV slash A Channel in town. Uh, he's Romanian, and uh, his name's Soren, and he's a like a far more interesting guy than me. 
uh, he's done documentaries all around the world, and he he did one. You know the guy Popeye, the character in Narcos. He's actually of interviewed. Course, yes. He's actually he actually did a film documentary in Colombia. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's pretty cool. I got to work in sports. You know, most seasons I got to travel with an NHL team. I don't think I've had quite the like. You know, this guy grew up at a time of Nikolai Ceausescu in, in in Romania. So he is the Dosecki man amongst that group that sort of frequents that haunt. If you know what I'm saying. So I don't think I'm that interesting. <laughs> Do you have a guy like that out there that's maybe not in the sports realm? You're like, what well, like? And the guy knows soccer. He knows international politics. He's been to 67 different countries around the world. Uh, he's just one of those guys that you know has had completely different international life man of mystery. Oh yeah, and, 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 mystery, oh, yes. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And every every guy that goes in there says the same thing. That guy's and he's really sort of understated about it. You know what I mean? You would yes. never, which makes him even. Do you know anybody like that? That kind of is there? Is there a manager in the National Hockey League that might have that personality? That's a little bit uh, of an international uh, man of mystery. Is Lou Lamarillo you know like that? No, you remember? You remember Mike Smith? Oh yeah, oh yeah, sure. Winnipeg Jets, Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, and, he, and one year the whole draft was Russian, right? Yes. Uh, Verobiev, didn't they take uh, Pavel? Ver- I'm trying to think of who Chicago took. They took two yeah, Russians. Yeah, that was one. Fr- yeah. Who was the other one? Anyhow. So he he was, because he went to Russia, right, for a while. Wasn't that the deal? I'm just trying to think. You're looking up Pavel Verobiev on the fly, aren't you, Elliot? No, no. Cool. I, I, I remember. Uh, I, I think he did go to Russia. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the deal. If Jim Matheson was listening right now, he'd be telling us. So why would Jim Matheson be listening to this garbage? Oh well, thank you. Uh, in the uh, yes, Vorobiev went 11th overall to Chicago. I, uh, by the way, I was referring to me, not you. Just oh, so you know oh, oh no, no, no! It's it's quite all right. They took uh, Mikhail Yakupov with the 10th overall pick, and they yeah. took Pavel Vorobiev with the 11th overall pick in 2000. And Elliot, those guys combined to play 110 games in the NHL total. That was also the first draft for Kevin Lowe's GM, and the Oilers took Alexei Mikhanov out of uh, Russia as well. He played two games in the NHL, so it was a bad run on Russians that year. All right, let's get to it. So Lou Lamarillo, he's just, is he the god, like, does, is he currently running New Jersey as well as the Islanders? What's going on there? What's your take on that trade? Well, I, I think this is what it was. I, I heard that Tom Fitzgerald, the Devils GM, was telling other teams, uh, we want a first-rounder. That's our goal. That's our goal. We want a first-rounder for Kyle Palmieri. And, you know, I think the other teams that were in there, he kept on telling them that. And I think Lamorello was also dealing a little bit with Buffalo, Alan Hall. Um, You know, there were some rumblings earlier on Wednesday that maybe that was the deal that was going to happen. And I think New Jersey knew that, uh, you know, I, I think New Jersey felt that Palmieri was the player that the Islanders wanted. But, you know, he did have other options if he wanted to do them. And, I mean, you look at all the things New Jersey had to do. They had to eat 50% of both contracts. They took two two players who don't have very high ceilings, and they got their first rounder. And I think the Devils were simply in a place where they said, this is what we want. We got what we want. We're going to pull the trigger. And if you look at Lamorello's history, I actually have to map this out. Um I actually have to map this out, but I, someone pointed out to me that if you look at Lamarillo's deadline history, he likes to do it uh, before the deadline if he can. So I just think it was the deal got to a point where both teams wanted to make it, 
and uh, and it got done. And th- that's kind of where it is. But, you know, I, I think that shows you how hard you're going to have to work, Bob, to get a first-rounder this year. It, it's like New Jersey had to take uh, low-level prospects. They had to take uh, half the money, and they got their pick. But it, it's going to be work this season. There's There's no question about that. What did you think of the Florida trade with the Chicago Blackhawks? Well, I think we want to – I think what we're going to see is that's one half of what yes. we're going to see. You know, I, well, for one thing, I, I think the Borgstrom is a really interesting guy. Um, uh-huh. You know, I, I'd heard and I'd written that when he went back to Finland, he wasn't probably going to play with the Panthers again, and that's proven to be true. Stillman is another guy. I, I think he felt that – he was deserving of a bigger role than he was getting, and he wanted to change the scenery, and, and he's going to get it. Borgstrom is the X factor there. Um, if, if he turns out to be the player that people thought he was going to be, that's a great deal for Chicago. You know, he's just a little bit older now, so you know, we're, we'll see how it all turns out. But you know, with Florida, I'm curious to see. Like They made another deal with Chicago, Hinnis Rosa, that saved them a million. I think they've been trying to I think they've been trying to try a sweetener with Strawman to save them even more money um, if they can. But, you know, David Savard is obviously the name that's going around a lot there. It makes a lot of sense. Billy Zito, the GM in Florida, was in Columbus with Savard. But I think they're going to look at D, and I think they're going to maybe looking at a forward, too, to see what they can figure out around there. I do think they want to add, um, you know, the players. Like, I'm a big believer, Bob, you know, players dictate, and their players have dictated they've earned some help. Yeah, absolutely. And as the listeners know, no Aaron Ekblad, so they need a right shot. Savard's a right shot. Different type of guy, uh, more of a defensive shutdown guy than the sort of the brilliant offensive upside that Ekblad has. Uh, I like the deal for Chicago. I saw Borkstrom play with Denver University. There's something there. I, I, Elliot, it was about a year ago at this time. I might have suggested Edmonton should trade. Yes, a Poliarvi straight up for Henrik Borkstrom. Similar situation with Borkstrom mm-hmm. as Poliarvi. And uh, I think Chicago has actually done a pretty good job. Now, is Chicago done taking on more money because they got a ton of LTIR space uh, because of Jonathan Taze as well as Brent Seabrook. Yeah, I, I think they. I, I think they're still open for business. Like I do think, especially in a situation with Hall where he's on a prorated eight million, you know, there's a possibility his trade uh, is going to have to go through someone. Uh-huh. And I think Chicago has let it be known they're willing to do that. So my answer would be no. Like I don't know how busy this is going to be over the next three or four days, Bob. Um, I, I still do think we're going to get one shocker. I, I just always believe that there's one shocker coming. And I'm curious to see what that's going to be. But I definitely think a team like Chicago is going to have to facilitate something. We're joined by NHL Hockey on Rogers uh, insider Elliot Friedman. Bob Stauffer with you. Elliot brought to you every Friday by the River Creek Resort and Casino. Uh, the Nashville Predators. I, I just want to say, by the way, Bob, Chris Johnson just tried to call me. And I, I texted him and I said, I'm just on radio in Edmonton. And I call him back after, and he texted me back. He goes, tell them McDavid might be moved. So I just, you know, I'm passing on that message from CJ. You you know, a guy loses half of his body weight and starts to get all cocky. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) 
<laughs> I can't. He doesn't even look like the same guy on TV anymore. It's it's crazy. No, he's done unbelievable work with the running and the and oh, the yeah. charity work he's done with it. He's got his marathon at the end of the month. It's pretty impressive. It's it's awesome. He is a shadow of his former self. Though if he didn't have that beard going, like he he probably looked fifteen or twenty years younger. <laughs> I, on the other hand, have kind of taken it the other way, Elliot. Uh, all right, so Nashville Predators. Uh, they look to be a team moving, and now. Hold on a sec here. Is that what's going on? What's that? With Nashville, are they a team that's no longer going to be moving some bodies? Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to see them do stuff. I think they're going to they're going to stay in the race. I mean, I think the Ackholm talk has really died down. I, I think the Grandland talk has really died down. Um, you know, they're in the race. They're, I mean, you look at it, they're definitely trending better than Chicago. They're definitely trending better than Columbus. I mean, the, the one team I kind of look at, and I've been unbelievably impressed with their effort this year, has been uh, Dallas. But, you know, the one thing is is, is that schedule for Dallas. I mean, yep. Dallas is seven points back of Nashville. they got three games in hand. So Nashville actually is better now, even if Dallas won all their games. Games, but you know the, the schedule is going to be so hard, and and that team is so beaten up. Like Dallas is held together on on duct tape and string right now. I, I really respect what they've done, but the math favors Nashville. And you know, I, I think that if you finish in fourth in that division, uh, I mean, whether you get Tampa Bay or Carolina or Florida, I think it's going to be a huge challenge for you. But um, if, if you're Nashville, like we've talked about this. At, at times, Bob, I just really think the 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 ability and the importance of making the playoffs, even if you're not having fans this year to sell tickets for next year, I think it really matters to some of these teams. St. Louis, uh, Doug Armstrong, uh, you know, look, he's won a Stanley Cup. Uh, I personally never liked uh, the Joel Edmondson trade that he made for Justin Falk. But who am I to mm-hmm. second guess? Hoffman, they signed him on that cheap deal. They've scratched him, and Vince Dunn's sitting there as well. Like, what do you mm-hmm. think St. Louis does? I think he's going to try to move some things out. I don't – I'm not convinced that Schmortz is, is going to be uh, one of them. Um, yeah. I, I, I think they want to keep him. Um, you know um, – I really feel that it's it's unlikely that he's getting traded. I I just heard that if he gets traded, you're going to look at the deal and say, okay, I get it. So my expectation is he stays and he tries to move his UFAs, as you said, Hoffman, Bozak. Bozak's got an unbelievable reputation in the league too. Like just very very positive guy. Yep. Yeah. Um, I could I could see him being an ad somewhere. What about Vin, what about Vince Dunn on defense? Well, the thing about Don is that when he was available earlier this year, the, the Blues were talking a really high price. Like, they were trying to get a first rounder. So I'm curious to see what the price is uh, for him. Hmm, interesting. Are you hearing anything at all on the Edmonton Oilers? No, really quiet. Um, I know everybody perked up, you know, a bit last night when Nugent Hopkins was a late scratch. But as we know, that's injury-related for the game against – for the play with Shabbat at the end of the game the other night. Um you know, I haven't heard a ton. Um, you know, we'll see. Like, let's see what ha- I heard you talking as you were waiting for me to come on with Turris. Um, you know, there's the possibility you can create an extra little bit of cap room there if you want to do. Yep. If you want to do it. 
Um, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, I still think you're looking at uh, a right shot center if you can find one. You know, to me, the the move, and I know you're big on Derek Ryan. Like to me, if you guys can find a way to make it work, that's a move that makes a lot of sense. You know, for argument's sake, if you did it, you know, one of the nights you guys are playing, like tomorrow night, he doesn't even have to break the quarantine. But there has to be a willingness on both sides to make it. I, I was one of the ones who thought Glenn Danning. I, I was kind of pushed off that direction. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you know, we'll see. But I think you guys are going to look for uh, that right shot center if you can find one. I'm not expecting any major surgery. But at the end, you guys are being really protective about your draft picks, which yeah. I think is a smart idea. Well, they don't have a lot. I mean, that's the thing. Somebody said to me, well, but they did, you know, if Calgary ate half on Ryan and took back a guy like Nygaard and the others gave him a fourth, and I'm like, well, then Calgary would have Edmonton's third and fourth. And I'm thinking to myself. I, I, to be honest, I, I've heard that, like, you guys are looking for, if you guys are looking for a pick, um, if you guys are willing to give up a pick, like, it's going to be a late, late pick is what yeah. I've heard. Well, they have two number sixes, right? They gave, they got Pittsburgh that, sixth. That, uh, actually, it's funny you said that because I actually had heard a sixth. But I hadn't yes. checked your draft, so I didn't want to say it and okay. not be correct. But I, I had heard a sixth. That's what the I o- heard. The Oilers don't have a second, third, or a fifth. They have a fourth. Uh, if you're Edmonton, you don't want to be sitting there and having one first and then not drafting again until the sixth round. They've got two no. sixes. But if you're Calgary, do you want to be eating half of that salary just to pick up a six-round pick and save a little bit of money in the short term? I don't know. Elliot, one final one for you. It's the uh, $8 million question. Where does Taylor Hall end up? Yeah, that is a great question. Uh, you know, Jeff Merrick had a theory in Minnesota. That's not a bad theory, I have to tell you. Um, first of all, I think, first of all, what's the price going to be? Um, and, you know, I, I mean, you just saw how hard it is to get a first router. All right. So there's going to be a lot of grind work done for that to happen. Um, you know, Toronto, like, I, I, I'm not convinced they're there yet. I I could see Toronto maybe at the end if the price is right swooping in. The thing about Boston and CJ reported last night that Hall is willing to consider an extension. That to me is with Boston in mind. You know, one of the things I've heard there is that they really don't want to give up a ton for a rental because if you look at the way their year's gone, and even though this kid Swayman looks really good, um, you know they're you know other than that they're really you know not sure about Rask. Like I'm not convinced Boston wants to pay a ton for a rental. So when Hall says he's talking about willingness to sign an extension, that to me looks like Boston. Um, you know, Colorado, I'm not convinced, is there. Um, Florida, I, like, I've wondered if Florida would be there. Like, to me, after the Islanders went out, the, the answer wasn't really obvious. I, I think it's going to come down to what the price is going to be uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, I think Boston will look to upgrade the left side of their defense in the offseason. I could see them getting in on a ball. I I think they could do that now, too. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. uh, Like, like Boston's looking at left shot D right now. Like, like I wonder, like, I've heard Chicago has thought about re-signing Zadorov. Yeah. But I've I've heard that there's been some talk about Zadorov and, like, Winnipeg and Boston. 
potentially. Well, and we've had people text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Elliot, we know you're busy. We appreciate your time as always. Some have said this show goes to the birds. We can hear him chirping in the uh, uh, in the I'm back in my backyard. You're in your backyard. That's a good thing. It's a sign that the playoffs are coming. Playoffs? Uh, playoffs. There we go. Awesome stuff, Elliot. We'll touch base later on. Hey, Bob, have yourself a great weekend, okay, man? You bet. That is Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers for the River Cree Resort Casino. we got a bunch of business to take care of. It's 12.53. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you, 1255 in Edmonton. At this time, we go to NHL Today. It is brought to you daily by our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, company-branded apparel, products, and awards, all created in-house, Edmonton-owned and operated. Shop local at ElitePromoMarketing.com. Here's Brendan Escott. Seven games in the NHL tonight, but a night off in the North Division. So tomorrow, Toronto will host Ottawa, and Montreal will entertain Winnipeg before the Oilers and Flames in Gage and another battle of Alberta. 8 o'clock puck drop here on 6.30, Jed. Uh, Vancouver Canucks signing forward Tanner Pearson to a three-year contract extension worth a total of $9.75 million. It's a backloaded deal. It'll pay him $2.5 million, then three, and then two point seven five, I guess, in base salary. He's got a million and a half dollar signing bonus due on July 1st of 2023. Uh, joining Kyle Turris on the waiver wire today, Montreal's Paul Byron and Ottawa's Clark Bishop. Avs defenseman Jacob McDonald got a two-game suspension for that illegal check to the head of Minnesota's Ryan Hartman. Bakersfield hosting back-to-back games at home this weekend. They've got Henderson tonight, San Jose tomorrow, Oil Kings on a bye. Until next Friday, they'll start a three-game set against Calgary. Let's go to the Oilers now. Injury report. It's brought to you by James H. Brown. Injury lawyers for every goal the Oilers score this season. James H. Brown donates a hundred dollars to six thirty Chids. Santa's anonymous. James H. Brown. Trent Brown, of course, CFL All Star twice in his career as a member of what was then known as the Edmonton Eskimos football team, and uh, also a terrific player at the University of Alberta. Jim Brown involved in the Edmonton Oil Kings for a long, long time. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Here's Brendan. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, as we know, a late scratch last night, uh, presumed upper body injury there, consider him day-to-day. Calgary, really all season long, has had a clean bill of health, save for Mark um, Markstrom's issues that he had at the beginning of the year. Nobody on their injury report heading into tomorrow. Jets captain Blake Wheeler has officially been diagnosed with a concussion. Uh, he is not with their team as this five-game road trip continues. And Habs goaltender Carey Price will be unavailable until next week at the earliest. Jake Allen and Caden Pre will continue holding that one down, according to Dominique Ducharme. All right, yesterday the Flames rolled, by the way, that's Edmonton's opponent tomorrow night. Uh, Calgary had Lindholm, Goodrow, and Kachuk loaded up on a top line. Monaghan with Majapani and Dubé. Backlund was with Lucic and Nordstrom. Derek Ryan with Sam Bennett and Richie. Uh, on defense, Giordano was with Tanev, so they uh, switched the D pairings around. Giordano had been playing with Anderson. Hannafin and uh, Anderson together. Valamaki was with Stone. Jacob Markstrom signing that six-year deal, $6 million per uh, uh, expected tomorrow's starter, 898 save percentage this year. Mike Smith, Wilts, I will almost certain start for Edmonton. He's at 922. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell back with sports spec. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.